The pallid and shovel-nosed sturgeon are native to the Missouri and Yellowstone rivers in Montana. They've been called ugly, prehistoric, and scary. The pallid is one of the largest freshwater fish, weighing up to an amazing 100 pounds. Come along on today's podcast to learn all about these ancient fish. Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We are coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Our producer is Colin Burkhardt, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Well, today we're going to talk about two species of sturgeon native to Montana, the pallid and the shovel nose. And the shovel nose sturgeon is, I'll just give you the classification for it so you know what we're talking about. It's Scaphorhynchus platyrhynchus, is the crazy <laughs> scientific name, Colin. And it's a, obviously an animal, a vertebrate, a fish. And it's in the order of sturgeons and paddlefish. And so it's kind of an ancient, actually from the dinosaur times, very unchanged fish. And you were looking at a picture of it. What do you think? I could almost see that being uh, being some kind of dinosaur, yes. or at least uh, maybe like a, a much bigger one existed in the past. Who knows? Yeah, well, the, the pallid sturgeon can be up to 100 pounds. So, And, you know, the other the funny thing about it is there's a poster. Like, it's a fun poster that somebody did, and it shows the gar and sturgeon swimming along and looking up out of the water, and there's some dinosaurs standing there, and it says, waiting for the dinosaurs to die because <laughs> they haven't changed since the dinosaurs were around in that Cretaceous period. But, but at any rate, the, the smallest one and the most common sturgeon in Montana is the shovel-nosed sturgeon, and it reaches a maximum weight of about 15 pounds. And these fish can readily be taken on bait. And as I remember, see, now I was a lead technician on the Missouri, which is where these live. They live in the Missouri system, out of Fort Benton and the Marias River and the Missouri River there, the middle Missouri. And we did a lot of electrofishing, and you could catch these shovel-nosed sturgeon pretty commonly in kind of the riffles. Yeah. area. And so I, I thought, as soon as I thought about who's usually the first person to describe everything, Lewis and Clark, right? right. So I thought, oh, I'll go to see what Lewis and Clark says about it. They never saw it. And they were up, they went up the Missouri thousands of miles and, you know, goes all the way down into the mouth of the Mississippi, I think, where the sturgeon go. But Did they migrate? Maybe they just weren't there at the time that mm -hmm. Lewis and Clark came through or? Well, that's possible. They do migrate, but, you know, they're like the, for example, the Marias River is a big Oh, yeah. A big point where they spawn, and Lewis and Clark and his crew spent like four or five days there trying to determine which was the Missouri, which was the Marias, and never saw it. And, you know, they had that guy, um, Guterich, who was a great fisherman, and he caught catfish, he caught all kinds of fish, but he never caught a sturgeon. I was really surprised. Mm. that they, Now, they did report on the white sturgeon on the Columbia, and why do you, how do you think they, they saw that sturgeon? The tribes down there actually trolled for those sturgeon really? and used them for food. Yeah, they're, they're huge, the white sturgeon, and so they got a lot of it. It's like a halibut. It's really good to eating. And so right now in the Missouri modern modern times, people do fish for them, and they're really good. So now, they have these bony scoots, as you can see there. They're kind of a cartilaginous fish, but they have these little armors across their back, which makes them look so prehistoric. And then they have the, the four barbels there. Mm -hmm. Now, in the shovel nose, the four barbels are straight across on the bottom part of its jaw, whereas on the, the palate, the really big one, 
two of them are back and two of them are forward. So that's one definite way you can tell. Right. So. Now the habitat, they're only going to be found in large rivers. And the Marias are there when they're spawning. And they can also be found in impoundments now of these rivers like Fort Peck Reservoir. And so, in fact, in Fort Peck, there's the, the they're called the dredge cuts around that area. And there's like, a, it's sort of like some channels that were made when the, the dam was built. Mm. And that's one of the main places you find these pallid sturgeon. And the pallets can, like I said, can be up to 100 pounds. So that's pretty fascinating. So if Lewis and Clark didn't <coughs> discover them, do you know who, who documented them here? Yeah, the first person that described them, I can't remember his name now, but it was, it was actually the scientific description was in 1905. Hmm. And, and then a little later, they separated the shovel nose from the pallet as different species. So good question, though. They're, yeah, they, they're mostly found at like three feet in depth over like a shallow, like a, a riffle. I mean, that's pretty shallow for the Missouri, you know, because it's a huge river. And they can go up to about 30 feet in depth. So, so they have a long seasonal migration, which you pointed out, from the lower Missouri upstream to the mouth of the Marias. And then they disperse downstream. And they're in the Yellowstone, too. They're in that whole Missouri River system, and supposedly they're even in the Mississippi. Some of the reproductive characteristics, they, they spawn from May to early July at 60 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit water. That's pretty warm water in the Missouri there. And then their eggs hatch in one week flat, and they, they, they lay thousands and thousands and thousands of eggs. The food habits, and this was actually a study uh, cited Berg, 1981. Rod Berg is the guy I worked for down there. And I did a lot of this. So the, the food habits look like about two-thirds of their summer diet is on mayflies. Now, these aren't the mayflies that you see flying around. These are the ones that are living on the bottom. They live on the bottom of the stream. And so these, these sturgeon are not surface feeders. They, they feed off the bottom. And they can feed on other fish and that kind of thing. Their home range is about uh, oh, two, up to 200 kilometers. They can move up and down the river with a median of about 35 kilometers. And so that was found in the Missouri well uh, in a study in 1996. Surely with, a, with, the, with the nose like they have, they wouldn't just eat flies. No, they, ha they have to be eating fish, too. They're a fish-eating fish as well. But they, the mayflies are so, like you said, they're not going to come up and fish on the surface. No. They've got this flat nose, and there's, their mm -hmm. mouth is down underneath. So they're just kind of cruising along. You know, they're in a riffle with that current bringing down all those aquatic insects, and they're just trying to charfing down on them. That's what we found there. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. They're not going to grow that big by eating a bunch of uh, <laughs> mayflies that they take off the top where they can't even feed off the top because of the way they're designed, you know. And so this is a, they are very fascinating. And they, they found in that movement study, Bramblet 1996, that sturgeon were found to move 78% of the time between relocations. In other words, they're a very moving mobile species. They move up and down the river. But I, I'm still fascinated and can't figure out how Silas Goodrich, the the big fishermen of the Lewis and Clark expedition never never saw sturgeon. I can't believe they never caught one. Are they particularly hard to reel in? Well, they might be. Not not the shovel nose. Not the sh the smaller shovel nose shouldn't be. Hmm. You'd have to know where you're fishing for them though. But they, I assume they were fishing in Missouri because they caught the catfish and they caught all kinds. Of, it'd be similar to fishing for a catfish, except they fish for catfish more in the in the uh, oh the the kind of eddies and stuff. And these these sturgeon live right in the current, so maybe that's why they didn't have any way of. Maybe they didn't have any weights on their line. I don't know. It's I know possible. they used some sort of a line, you know. So the shovel nose, believe it or not, are very long-lived. And I, I actually, part of my job in the, in the winter after helping collect these was to age them. And what you did when you collected them is you cut off a pectoral fin. You clip a pectoral fin off and put it in an envelope. And then you, you sand that down in the lab and you can count the rings like the tree, tree growth rings. And that's what I did at the Bozeman Fish Lab. And I found ages from 10 to 30 years on those shovelnose sturgeons. So even those little shovelnose, 
Some of them are up to 30 years long, and those are fish that are only about 8 pounds. So one of the reasons that they're kind of a sensitive species is that they have to be pretty old to be able to reproduce. And, the, you know, the shovel nose, the little ones, though, that, that population's in great shape. The pallet, on the other hand, is in... It's, a th it's, a, it's an endangered species, the pallet sturgeon, and we'll talk about that in a wow. second. So some of the names that they call the sturgeon are the shovel nose, the space face, the switch tail, the hackleback. <laughs> hackleback because they have those bony scoots on their back. Mm. Switch tail because they have a heterocircle tail, which extends way beyond the upper part of the tail, extends beyond the lower part of the tail. And then they have this little wisp that sort of is back there, too. So they're really interesting looking. And they say that the shovel nose is the most popular species of sturgeon in the United States, so that's good. And then you and I were looking at this picture. What a weird-looking fish, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it almost looks like a, what would you call that? Like, it looks like a lily pad. Yeah. The face, it's shaped kind of like a lily pad. And the head shape is almost like the top half of a, of a whale's head. It reminds yeah. me of a little bit. Yeah. And you can see the barbels there. Oh, yeah. And it's elongated. It has a really flat head. It's sandy brown on top of the white <laughs> underside. You, you know, if those out in the audience area, just, just Google or just uh, search your search engine for shovelnose sturgeon or sturgeon, and you'll see what they look like. We talked about the switch tail, and it usually contains a, a weight of about six to eight pounds, although some of them can be larger than that. Now, under the pallet sturgeon, in the minute or two we have left here, it's named for its pale coloration. It's closely related to the shovelnose. Look at the size of it. It can be up to 100 pounds, and that's in the, that's in the dredge cuts of the uh, Fort Peck right there. You know what? Do you know the biggest uh, pallet sturgeon they ever caught? No, I don't, but it's somewhere around 100, I think. Uh, that's what it says they range to, uh, and up to 5 feet long. It says up to 85 pounds here in, in this particular reference, but I think they can get a little bigger. And again, they, as we talked about that, as Sip and Saturday family, originated during the Cretaceous, which 70 million years ago. So they were around when the dinosaurs were around, and then they, <laughs> and they're still here. But they look about the same as they did then. Again, one of the, the pallet is an endangered species, one of the largest freshwater fish in North America. It's really fascinating. You have a smaller version of the sturgeon that's very common, and then you have the, the, endangered, the endangered version that's very large. And it's, uh, the pallet was first recognized as a separate species, different from the shovel nose, by S.A. Forbes and R.E. Richardson in 1905. So that's when they separated them out and saw they were different species. And they based that on a study of nine specimens from the Miss, uh, Missouri. The pallet was, was actually listed in September of 1990. And it's uh, one of the few endangered species, ray-finned fish, endemic to the waters of the Missouri. What a super interesting fish. And, you know, we're going to do another show eventually here in the coming months on the white sturgeon. The, there was a Kootenai River white sturgeon in Montana, and then the white sturgeon down to Columbia, where Lewis and Clark did report it, because I'll ask you, why? how do you think they saw it down to Columbia? This is that, a, was the, that was the one that the tribes are fishing for, right? The tribes actually trolled for white sturgeon. Mm -hmm. I, that's unbelievable. So they made some sort of long line, and they trolled it behind their canoe. And the stur they, would actually, <laughs> they would actually trade the tribes for, for sturgeon because the sturgeon were very good. They kind of taste like halibut, and they were huge down there. People oh, actually yeah. still fish for them on, those, on the Columbia, that whitefish, white sturgeon. You could feed quite a few people if you get a really big one. That's right, Colin. So another super interesting fish native to Montana. Awesome to talk about. And they're still here, and they were here when the dinosaurs were here. That's all the time we have for this episode of the FBCC Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.